We're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 2, Text Number 16. Shushu Shodhanasya Vasudeva Katarichi Syan Mahatsevaya Vipra Punyatirta Nashevana Shushru show one who is engaged in hearing. Shadadanasya with care and attention. Vasudeva in respect to Vasudeva. Kata the message. Ruchi affinity. Syat is made possible. Mahatsevaya, by service rendered to pure devotees. Vipra, O twice born, Punyatirta, those who are cleansed of all vice. Nishavanat, by service. Translation, O twice born sages. By serving those devotees who are completely freed from all vice, great service is done. By such service, one's gain, one gains affinity for hearing the messages of Vasudeva. Purport. The conditioned life of a living being is caused by his revolting against the Lord. There are men called deva, or godly living beings, and there are men called asuras, or demons, who are against the authority of the Supreme Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita, 16th chapter, a vivid description of the Asuras is given in which it is said that the Asuras are put into lower and lower states of ignorance, life after life, and so sink to the lower animals, animal forms and have no information of the Absolute Truth, the Personality of Godhead. These asuras are gradually rectified to God-consciousness by the mercy of the Lord's liberated servitors in different countries according to the supreme will. Such devotees of God are very confidential associates of the Lord, and when they come to save human society from the dangers of godlessness, they are known as the powerful incarnations of the Lord, as sons of the Lord, as servants of the Lord or as associates of the Lord, but none of them falsely claim to be God themselves. This is a blasphemy declared by the Asuras, and the demoniac followers of such Asuras also accept pretenders as God or his incarnation. In the revealed scriptures, there is definite information of the incarnation of God. No one should be accepted as God or an incarnation of God unless he is confirmed in the revealed scriptures. The servants of God are to be respected as God by the devotees who actually want to go back to Godhead. Such servants of God are called Mahatmas or Tirtas, and they preach according to particular time and place. The servants of God urge people to become devotees of the Lord. They never tolerate being called God. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was God himself, according to the indication of the revealed scriptures. But he played the part of a devotee. People who knew him to be God addressed him as God, but he used to block his ears with his hands and chant the name of Lord Vishnu. He strongly protested against being called God, although undoubtedly he was God himself. The Lord behaves so to warn us against unscrupulous men who take pleasure in being addressed as God. The servants of God come to propagate God consciousness, and intelligent people should cooperate with them in every respect. By serving the servant of God, one can please God more than by directly serving the Lord. The Lord is more pleased when he sees that his servants are properly respected because such servants risk everything for the service of the Lord and so are very dear to the Lord. The Lord declares in the Bhagavad Gita 1869 that no one is dearer to him than one who risks everything to preach his glory. By serving the servants of the Lord, 
one gradually gets the quality of such servants. And thus one becomes qualified to hear the glories of the Lord, the glories of God. The eagerness to hear about God is the first qualification of a devotee eligible for entering the kingdom of God. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Nena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadahmayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Uta Parakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Bitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Sadvajutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shivishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dina Bando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vansha Kalpaturubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Sri Vasari Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Gaur Premanande Hare Bo Thank you very much, everyone, for gathering here at the Naima Sharanya Forest to consider this conversation and to continue it, that which took place over 5,000 years ago. And these words are so practical. Shushusho Shodhatanasya. And Shushusho is those who are engaged in hearing, which is the main process for advancing in devotional service, what is the quality of the hearing? It's shuddhanasya, with care and attention. It means that the person is leaning into the conversation and listening very carefully because there is a sense of faith, which is described in the Sri Chaitanya Chardamrita. Asharashabde vishaskai suryadhanishchoy krishne bhakti kola sarva karma kritahoy a person, uh, each person is an individual unit of consciousness or a spark of the Supreme and has its, own, has its own ego eternally as a servant of the Lord and a, and a particular identity. And thus we also have a self-interest because we are a self. So <laughs> we can't help but be self-interested. And Shukadeva Goswami mentions at the end of the 14th chapter of the 10th canto, and that is that when we realize that we are part of the Supreme Atma, that our main interest is Krishna, then this sense of direction that is directing our attention towards the Supreme awakens. That's why Shraddhanasya, somebody becomes very eager to hear just as much as a person becomes interested in hearing the uh, news of the, what's going on on Wall Street because he or she feels that it's in his, self, his or her self-interest. Why else would somebody tune into that? It's like, are the, are the stocks going up? I'm interested in that because it directly affects me. And in a similar way, a person who understands atmanam akilatmanam, that my real happiness in life and all good fortune comes from my connection to the Supreme Soul and to serving the Supreme Soul with ever more vigor. Such a person has this Shraddha Shabde Vishwas, uh, this ever-growing sense that uh, by turning my attention 
to hear about the Supreme. Shraddha Shabde, Vishwaskoy, Suridanis Choi, Krishna Bhakti, Koila Sarva Karma Kritahoy, that all other things are taken care of. I don't have to be anywhere else. I don't have to give my attention anywhere else because by giving my attention here, then everything else is done properly. This uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur expresses in his poem in the Arunadaya Kirtan where he says, Namina kichu nahiko ara choda bhuvanamaje. There's nothing else to be had in the 14 worlds except the holy name. So this is the kind of hearing, shushu shoshadatanasya, that is indicated here that it's done with faith, this uh, one-pointed attention. In fact, that's the recommendation of Sutta Goswami as he's speaking in the second chapter. He says, Tasmad ekena manasa bhagavan sattvatam bhati shotavya kirtitavyascha dyeyam pujam chanityada. The conclusion, tasmad, means therefore, after he's describing the supreme truth and our relationship to him in the previous verses, he concludes by saying, therefore, tasmat ekena manasa. Ekena manasa means you should give uh, one-pointed attention to what? Bhagavan sattvatam pati. You should give one-pointed attention to Bhagavan. And how do you do that? Shotavya, you should hear about him. Shotavya kirtitavyas, you should talk about him. Shotavya kirtitavyas cha, etc. Deyam, should meditate on. Pujam, you should worship. Deyam pujam. Shanityada, and how, how frequently should you do that? Nityada means always. <laughs> Don't stop, just keep it going all the time. So this is what's indicated here. Shushu shadudhanasya. And then Vasudeva kataruchi. So this verse is leading up to one of the main points, uh, which is related to the theme of the class today, which is absorbing uh, Vaishnava association, sadhu sangha. And uh, I'll have to go to the end of the verse to come back to the second line, and that is punya tirta nishavanat. So nishavanat means service to, and who? Tirta. And now, Tirta is used here as an indicator of the devotees. They're being called Tirta. So what is a Tirta? A Tirta is a bridge, a bridge to a higher position. When you want to cross over from a lower position to a higher position, you take a bridge. You want to get to somewhere else, to a better place. And therefore, the, the devotees are called Tirtas because by their association, one and naturally can cross over into the spiritual realm. And Sian Mahatseveya Vipra. So Sian means that something arises, like Bhakti Parishan, like Bhayam Dvitya Binibeshita Syat. Syat in this famous verse from the 11th canto Srimad Bhagavatam says that fear arises when one becomes absorbed in material topics. As soon as you divert your attention to topics about the material world, then what do you get? Bhayam syat, fear arises. Why? Because it's dvitiya, it's separate, it's dvi, it's something else. There's two things, not one. You're not focused, ekena manasa, your mind isn't one-pointed on Bhagavan, but you're thinking, there's two things. There's my self-interest, and there's also... God and there's two things and I feel separate from him therefore fear arises so here something else arises syan mahatsebeya vipra what's arising ruchi syat ruchi means a taste for hearing about krishna and how does it arise where does it come from it comes from punya tirtanashevana when you do service to those who are tirtas there are they carry the personality of Godhead within their heart because their only purpose in life is to serve God. It's described at the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, 2nd chapter, 55th verse, that uh, the topmost devotee, Pradhana Ukta, the one who is called the Pradhana or the chief devotee of the Lord, the topmost devotee of the Lord, is one who pranaya rasanaya dutangi padma has love for Krishna 
And that love, pranaya rasanaya, drutangi pradma, is like a rope. And it ties Krishna's lotus feet to that person's heart. Is, uh, the verse says that if anybody says Hare Krishna, even accidentally, then Krishna has the tendency to destroy unlimited sins within the heart of that person. What to speak of somebody who chants with love? That person, uh, Rasanaya, Pranaya, Drutangri Padma, Drutangri Padma being that that person is tying Krishna's lotus feet to his or her heart and Krishna won't go away. A similar concept which is in the first canto, first chapter, second verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam and which uh, is described how when a person uh, hears Srimad Bhagavatam with attention, uh, Krishna uh, won't leave the person's heart. It becomes, um, as Prabhupada says, compact within the heart of the devotee. Sadyo hridya varudyate trakriti bi takshanat. Again, uh, it's describing how a person who is attentive to hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam in the association of Sadyo hridya varudyate. So hridi means the heart, obviously. So, and sadyo means very quickly or immediately. Sadyo hridya varudyate trakriti bi takshanat. Krishna. Uh, will become uh, captured by that person. This is the implication of this verse. Krishna's captured, he can't leave <laughs> because he's attracted to the person who's attracted to hearing about him. And the other implication is that Krishna's attracted to hearing the Bhagavatam himself because it's about his devotees. More than anything else, the Bhagavatam is about Krishna's devotees. In fact, we have evidence of that from the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which starts off, with a question by Parikshit Maharaj, it says, why does it seem that the Lord is partial? And he says, he's not partial. He's actually reciprocating with those people who extend themselves to him. And the devotees just happen to only or exclusively <laughs> worship him. Therefore, he only exclusively stays in their hearts. So uh, the devotees then become the tirtha, or the crossing over point through which one can come to Krishna. Krishna says it in many places. Prabhupada quotes in the purport here that uh, Krishna declares this at the end of the Bhagavad Gita that there's no one more dear to me, nor will there ever be one more dear than the devotee who's uh, teaching others about me. And in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna says, Madbhakta Puja Bhyadika that the worship of such a person is better than worship of me. He said, if you want to do some puja, madbhakta puja vyadika, he says, the puja of my devotees is better. In fact, in the Archana Padati, the Padati means the, the directions for how to worship the Lord on the altar or in a deity form. They give this uh, direction that if you're worshiping Krishna on the altar and a uh, an exalted Vaishnav arrives, you're to stop the worship. You're to come off the altar. You're to greet the person properly, make sure they're seated, make sure they have water, make sure they're fed, make sure they're satisfied. Then you can go back to your puja. This is the Vaishnav etiquette. Uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says that just as in the morning time, we see the rays of the sun, and we describe that as the, the sunrise, before we actually see the sun globe. And in a similar way, before we see Krishna, we see the Vaishnav. Or another way to put it is, when you've seen a Vaishnav, you know you're going to see Krishna next. Just as when you see these, the light of the sun in the morning, then you say, okay, I know I'm going to see the sun today because the sun rays are coming. This is uh, the importance of association with devotees. So, uh, Prabhupada then mentions in his first paragraph that it's due to the attitude of a particular soul of revolting against Krishna that such a person becomes estranged from the Lord and toils in the material world. And he says here that these asuras, asura means somebody without light. Asura means somebody that's full of light 
Asura means somebody without light. They're gradually rectified to God consciousness by the mercy of the Lord's liberated servitors. So in the Chaitanya Charamita, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructing Sanatana Goswami talks about Magrari, uh, the hunter. So one day Narada was in the forest and he saw that there were animals along the path writhing in pain. And there were arrows stuck into them and they were suffering. And as he followed this trail of half-killed animals, he came upon a hunter crouched in the underbrush getting ready to shoot another animal with his arrow. And Narada, being the um, outspoken person on behalf of the Lord that he is, approached that person. We can see this when devotees go out to distribute books. They may insert themselves in various uh, circumstances that other people wouldn't consider going to, even yogis or smart Brahmins. They say, you don't want to go in there. Like, uh, would... Would in normal circumstances a Vaishnav walk into a bar, meaning a place where they serve alcohol? No, but in circumstances where one's doing outreach, we might walk into a bar. So Narada is like that. He goes here, there, and everywhere. He sees a hunter killing animals. Instead of being repulsed by it, although he was repulsed by it, he approaches the killer himself and he said, Hey, what are you doing? And Magwari then was startled. He stood up, and so were the animals that he was stalking, and they, they went away, and the hunter was disappointed and expressed his disappointment that, uh, you know, you're not supposed to walk up on hunters. And by the way, who are you? <laughs> and Narada then very gently explained to Magwari that you will have to get karma for half-killing these animals. He said, I understand that you're a hunter. So... It makes sense that you kill animals, but why half kill them? Which is interesting in and of itself because someone, if they took that out of context, might say, well, what kind of preacher is Narda? He's telling him to kill animals completely. But it, there's a, a way that devotees know how to bring people along step by step. So Narda does this and he says, you might as well fully kill them, don't half kill them, because if you make them suffer, you'll have to suffer in your next life. And he through his potency, was able to show the hunter the, the result of his half-killing animals. And the, the hunter be, became sober and said, well, what should I do? So Narada said, I'll tell you exactly how to free yourself from this bondage, but first you have to throw away your bow, break it. That would be equivalent to a, a computer engineer breaking his computer. It's like, just break your computer <laughs> right now and we'll talk. <laughs> throw, it in the, throw it in the pond and, and we'll get on with the conversations. Like, wait a minute, this is, I'm getting paid for this and you know, well, how am I going to live? So the, the hunter, convinced and influenced by the association of Narada, then finally did break his bow and Narada assured him that I'll arrange for all your maintenance. You don't have to worry about that. You sit down with your wife peacefully and you practice bhakti and chant. And sure enough, he, the hunter, uh, reformed, now reformed, sat down and was chanting Hare Krishna in front of Tulsi in his little hermitage, not hermitage, but just you know his residence near the forest. And when the townspeople nearby heard about the the transition, the transformation rather, of, of, of this hunter, they started bringing all kinds of goods and leaving them, so much so that the hunter said, we can't possibly consume all this, we have too much. So Narada had gone away and he later came back with one of his friends, Parvat Muni, and as they were approaching the house of the hunter, the hunter being excited to see his spiritual master ran out and was coming down the road, but he was hopping from side to side. And when he approached and offered his obeisances, Narada asked him, why were you walking in such an awkward manner? 
And McGrory said, because there were ants on the pathway, and I didn't want to step on any of them. And Narda pointed out to his friend, a, a while back he was half killing animals, and now he's afraid to step on an ant. So the, the transformation that takes place by association of devotees is celebrated throughout the Shastra. There are ways in which Narda Muni also had come in contact with Volmiki Muni, who was a hunter, and had, in a very crafty way, induced him to chant the holy names of the Lord, Rama, because Volmiki said, oh, I'm too fallen, I can't even utter the name Ram. So he said, chant Mara, and keep chanting it. Let's see what happens when we do it five times. Mara, 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 Rama. And a modern day way of doing that there's a candy bar called Snickers. Have you ever heard of that? Good for you if you haven't, but it is, there is a candy bar. It's a famous candy bar. Try saying Snickers five times. Snickers, 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 So if you meet your modern-day Valmiki, who says, I can't chant Hare Krishna because I'm too sinful, they say, well, do you like candy bars? Yes. <laughs> then chant Snickers. Uh, say it five times. Snickers, 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 Snickers. My point is that devotees are innovative in bringing others along. They're very merciful in finding the ways and means to bring people on the path. They're not just tirtas, but they're proactive in engaging people as much as possible to bring them along towards Krishna. And uh, Prabhupada mentions here that um, yeah, uh, the point about uh, tirtas. So the main process, uh, which is described in the Srimad Bhagavatam for Elevating oneself in devotional service is to associate with Vaishnavas. Some evidence of, from the Bhagavatam is mentioned, smaranta smaryantascha mito gauga haram harim bhaktya sanjataya bhaktya vibrayut pulakam tanum. This verse, a famous verse, especially the part which bhaktya sanjataya bhaktya is quoted again and again, says smaranta smaryantascha what do devotees do? What is their preoccupation? And smaranta, to remember, smarantascha, which means to remember and cause other people to remember Krishna. Smaranta smarantascha, mito, uh, by their meeting, mito gauga haram harim. And in such an assembly where people are remembering Krishna and causing other people to remember Krishna, then mito gauga haram harim means that heaps and heaps of sinful uh, piles of, of sinful karma that is uh, stored, like in those storage lockers. You know, when your house is too full, then you have to get one of those outside. And now I, somebody told me recently that, was it you? Oh, somebody told me that it's a trend and now people have two, three, four of those because they have so much stuff. So we have, uh, that is I have, not you, that these storage lockers full of this uh, sinful reaction. I can't even use it all up in one lifetime if I tried. So those storage lockers are all cleared out. Mito kauga haram harim. They're, ta what, they're taken away, harim. One of the Krishna's names is hari, which means he takes away. What does he take away? Mito kauga haram harim. All these uh, horrible um, sinful reactions that are stockpiled. How does he do it? Smarantasmarayantascha. Uh, when you sit in the assembly of devotees who are speaking about Krishna, remembering Krishna, and causing other people to remember Krishna. And then it says, Bhaktiya Sanjataya Bhaktiya. From this association of bhaktas, bhakti is born in your heart. You get bhakti from bhakti. And uh, how much, how effective is it? He says, finally, that. Um, that tanum, your body, uh, pulaka, means the hairs will stand on end. Because you'll start to feel the happiness of hearing about Krishna. And it'll happen even in your present body. You know, 
uh, have to change uh, to next life, even in this life, because of the association of devotees, then you come to that point. Other evidence, which is an obvious verse from Third Kendo, there's just satam prasangam amavirya sambhido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kata tajjoshana rashua pavarga varvani shadavatir bhaktir anukarmishriti. Anukarmishriti means if you want to make steady progress on the path of devotional service, then satam prasangam amavirya sambhido, sit in the association or stand or walk of devotees because what do they do? What do the devotees who are called satam, they're truthful, their only goal in life is Krishna. Satam prasangam, it's great association, mamavirya samvido, you'll hear vibrations that will enter your ear and then go to your heart and then your trajectory in life is changed. Rather than being sentenced to hard work in the material world, life after life, then you start to ascend to the spiritual world by that. And how does it happen? Anukramishrati, step by step. By following this process, hearing in the association of devotees, chanting Hare Krishna and so forth, then Anukramishrati, Anukrama, means that one step follows another. And what are those steps? They are uh, Shraddha. Your Shraddha will increase. The word Shraddha, Shrad means the heart and da is an active verb. It means where you place something. So what we translate as faith means where you put your heart. <laughs> what are you putting your heart into? Shraddha, your heart will go into this. Like, I want to hear more. I want to uh, chant more. Uh, and that, that will arise in your heart by the association of devotees. Shraddha, ratir. And then rati comes. And rati is a very, very special uh, stage in bhakti, it's past nishta. We come to nishta after anartanurvritti and going backwards, reverse engineering, it starts with shraddha. But before shraddha, we get some uh, agyata sukriti. Somehow or other, we come in contact with devotional service with devotees, even unknowingly by their association and having contact with them, we get a little spark of interest. And that grows into shraddha, which means that we start appreciating and think, yeah, devotees are good. Maybe I, I could be a devotee. Then the next stage is I want association with devotees. This is the natural consequence of shraddha. And then I think, uh, let me have sadhu sangha. And from sadhu sangha then comes bhajana kriya. Bhajana kriya means I'm going to do what the devotees are doing. I'm going to f take vows. In fact, the word devotee means somebody who follows a vow, devoto. The word vote means to make a vow. And devoto or devotee means somebody who's following a vow. They made a vow, they're following it. So you're a devotee. <laughs> That's what it is. So you make a vow, which is you're following, you get initiated, you say, I'm going to follow these things, I'm going to keep it every day. This is a result of the shraddha and the association of devotees, and now I make a vow. And then you face the great ocean of anartanivriti. Like, I never knew I had so many hang-ups. <laughs> it's like an ocean. I'm swimming forever. Is this ever going to be over? says, yeah, it will be over. You will reach the shore. But you have to overcome the five obstacles mentioned in anartanivriti, which are sleep. It doesn't mean you can't sleep. It just means you sleep when you're supposed to be chanting or hearing. As soon as you open the book, you're like, <laughs> so that's an obstacle. The second one is distraction. You start to hear and then you think, ah, yeah, I got to go because my mom needs a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then the third one is you're not distracted, you're not sleeping, but you just don't care. And the, the next two have to do with the, the way that we've, uh, in a sense, we've already... Uh, I'm trying to think of the way to use the verb right, drunk, drank. We drank the poison of the material world. And it went into our system, and you know, you have to detox. And once you drink poison, it has to come out of your system. So there's poison in our system, and it affects our senses. So our senses are naturally attracted to uh, lower objects. You know, we see a scene of sense gratification, as Prahlad Mara says, my eyes are always attracted to scenes of sense gratification. My ears always want to hear cinema songs, Prabhupada translates. Uh, you know, they hear like, like that. 
Yeah, send him a song. Let's watch some Bollywood. You know, it's like the ears just go there. This is part of an Arta Nivriti. And then the innate qualities of anger, calm, crowed, lobe, uh, mata, matsarya, etc. These, all these uh, innate qualities that come out in me naturally by the association of devotees hearing and chanting, these become diminished. And then one has the awakening of <clears throat> steadiness. When these five obstacles are overcome, then one comes to the position of nishta, which is cognate with the word stand in English. That's where it comes from, nishta. And that means you can stand on your own two feet. You're not overcome by the, the wiles of the mind or of the impulses of the senses. You're fixed in your practice of devotional service. And after that, then the nectar begins to flow. And this is called rati or ruchi, which means that I want to do this more than anything else. I have a hard time uh, not hearing about Krishna. In other words, when I have to go to the office, I'm doing it only officially. I'm not absorbed. When I have to go visit family, I'm sir, yes sir, thank you very much. And you're thinking all the time, I have to get back to hearing about Krishna because the taste is there. And after that comes uh, ruchi and then asakti. Asakti means that uh, you can't be it's very difficult to break the person away from hearing and chanting. In Ruchi, it's, uh, <clears throat> the person is, uh, easily comes back to the hearing and chanting. And in Asakti, the person's so dedicated in chanting, it's really hard to get them to come back to any other subject matter. See the subtle difference. And Asakti is very rare because it means complete dedication and fixation on the topic of Krishna all the time. Then, of course, from there is born bhava and then prema. And all this is precipitated by the association of bhaktas. Bhaktas sanjataya bhaktya. If you associate with bhaktas, uh, anukramishati, this rati will be born in your life. And then bhakti. Bhakti means the full-blown uh, prema that is nitya siddha krishna prema sadhika bunoy shravanadi shudhichite karu udoy. Prakriti sadhya bhavet sadhya. The effect of practicing sadhana bhakti and going through these stages is that uh, nitya siddhasya bhavasya, that bhava will awaken in one's heart. So just by association of devotees, if we, if we um, dedicate ourselves to uh, crawling, uh, catching a ride, hitchhiking, whatever we have to do to be there in the assembly of devotees, uh, then we'll naturally advance in devotional service. And we should gravitate towards, uh, Lord Chaitanya said, like-minded devotees who are more advanced than oneself. If you're the smartest one in the room, you're the wrong room. If you find a place where people are more elevated and they have more of a taste for hearing and chanting and they go on and on hearing and chanting, get in that room and hear and chant with the devotees. And then by their association and naturally make advancement in devotional service in the ways I just mentioned. And now we'll have some time for reflections or questions. Actually, we do have time. That's pretty good for me. Okay. Uh, who would like to bring up a question that will expand the conversation? Or if you have a reflection of something, that'll also do it. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, Guru Maharaj. I had a question about the managing friendships as oftentimes we're building a community uh, in a temple, um, and the intensity of the services increases. Um, the community is growing, new people are coming, and then perhaps at festivals, we've taken years and years to cultivate relationships and friendships with our community, our own uh, close devotees. But then we may, as that, because the intensity is increasing, uh, the demands, services, um, there may be a tendency that in the heat of the moment um, we may jeopardize uh, our friendship with devotees that we serve very closely with. So I wanted to understand how we can manage that, some practical tips um, on how to manage that. Piece. If, if I understand you, what you're saying is that uh, we may 
appreciate devotees very much. We have these relationships as a family feeling, but then at some points of intensity, when we're doing our service, we might snap at somebody or not appreciate him as much as we did before. And that might happen. First is to recognize that this can happen and preemptively uh, make sure it doesn't. This is a hallmark of very advanced devotees. Uh, I've observed in uh, some devotees who are very advanced, their ability to be in very difficult situations with others and to, to not respond with acrimony or with emotion. One thing to keep in mind, of course, we all are sensitive and we do have emotions, but to, to be able to uh, have the wherewithal, I guess those are the same phrases, be, be able to and wherewithal, to have the wherewithal to uh, withstand a, a, a tricky situation with others uh, without uh, making a kind of an offense by overreacting or snapping at someone. This is one of the practices of devotees. And one of the ways to avoid that is, just, is to be aware of the fact that this can happen. So that uh, when it does happen, uh, to remember that I won't snap. Now I'll give you an example. At the Rathiatra 500 years ago, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was dancing and everyone wanted to see it. So King Prataparujra was there. And of course the king has a servant that comes with him, I believe is Haris Chandra. And he was a large fellow, and he was helping to move the crowd. If anybody's been to Rathiatra, that's the very definition of crowd. If you look in the dictionary, it's a little picture of Rathiatra. And it's hot. It's the hottest place on earth. It's the hottest, most humid place, especially during Rathiatra. And then everybody's there crowded in. They have stretchers coming in and out all day long, just pulling people out of the crowd because they suddenly faint because of uh, dehydration or, you know, whatever. So there was uh, uh, Srivas Pandit, the Lord's pure devotee, was absorbed in washing Lord Chaitanya danced, and behind him was Prataparujamarsh, who couldn't quite see because Srivas Pandit was in front of him. And Arish Chandra, then uh, uh, assisting the king, was tapping and pushing Srivas Pandit uh, and like trying to get him to move. Have you ever felt like somebody like, move, move, you know? And then Srivas Pandit Prabhu turned around and he slapped the hand of Arish Chandra. It's hot. He's trying to see the Lord. He turned around slapped him. And Arish Chandra was just about to retaliate, to say something. And Prataparujra Maharaj, a pure devotee in his own right, then said to Harish Chandra, uh, he said, I'm not so fortunate. I have not been slapped by a pure devotee. And to have this mood, uh, this buffer zone in a community is very important. To realize that this is a inevitable in human interaction. There's going to be some sometimes somebody snaps somewhere. But we can stop the the reaction or not exacerbate the situation by uh, deciding ahead of time that I won't react in that way to, to devotees and amongst devotees or anyone else for that matter. You can learn this on book distribution. If you spend time going house to house, person to person, here, there, and everywhere, you're likely to have the great benefit at some time in your outing to be insulted by somebody. If you haven't been insulted by somebody directly right to your face, you haven't lived. <laughs> it's the most ecstatic experience you can have. Like I remember I was taking uh, some devotees around door to door, and knocked on a door, and this guy opens the door, and he looks at us, and he just slammed the door in our face. You know, it's a cliche to say, I got the door slammed in my face, but you got to really experience it directly to appreciate how nice it is. Have somebody just uh, so um, reactive to just seeing you. It's like, ew. <laughs> what, what goes through your mental system at that time? That 
you can then observe and say, like, what just happened here? You can rise to a higher level and say, oh, yeah. Uh, you could react and start to break down his door, right? Get an axe. We're going in there. We're going to get the guy. <laughs> Which is a, a material reaction. But a spiritual reaction is, how interesting. That's how I treat Krishna. I mean, think that's what I've been doing with Krishna for life after life. Krishna comes and knocks on my door and I say, no, I'm not interested. I'm busy. I got to go to work. You know, I'm, I, I don't have time for you right now. And, and we can digest that. And if we have these circumstances in our lives where the devotees especially assail us in a particular way, it's like, how come you weren't on time? You know, you were supposed to do this. And it's like, yes, Prabhu, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and if you make the faux pas that it's natural, I mean, after all, Srivast Pandit slapped Harish Chandra, that that happens. The Prabhupada taught us, he said, go find the person and offer obeisances as soon as possible. That's the mood of devotees. Is remove, it's like, cancel it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It was wrong. I apologize. Keeping in mind, Raj, uh <coughs> Um, Raj Bihari Prabhu, who worked in conflict management for many years, professionally, and also in Resolve. You know ISKCON Resolve? Have you heard of ISKCON Resolve? ISKCON Resolve helps people resolve their differences, and they're the busiest department in ISKCON. <laughs> and when you call them up, uh, their, their answering machine, ISKCON Resolve, get over it. So, <laughs> so he told me that to the degree that your emotion goes up, to that uh, same degree, it's an inverse relationship, your rationality goes down. So if you look at a chart, they're crossing in the middle going down like that. So the more you, you feel that emotion arise in your heart, Jaya, then the more uh, you'll, you can assume that your rationality is going down. And if you, if you prepare for that, and you see, oh, my emotion's going up, therefore I won't speak right now. Therefore I won't react. And this is one of the purposes of having Vaishnava Association, is to learn how to interact with devotees, in a, with anybody, with any living entity. Don't overreact. In fact, that's why I said we learn it on Sankirtan also. One of the ways I learn it is because in the times when I did become frustrated with people, I remember once I became angry with someone, and they became uh, twice as angry with me, and it, it blew up into a situation where for about an hour afterwards, no one would stop. They all looked at me, and somehow or other they knew, like, you're contaminated. And I could feel it was like goo all over me. And from these experiences, we, we begin to learn that I'm the one stepping in it myself. I'm the one causing this goo to uh, come up upon me, and I have to. It, it. You should. We need to have a hazmat suit, you know. To otherwise, you know, it penetrates, gets in your hair, gets in your eyes, everywhere. So devotees are very careful about how they move about the world, how they treat other living beings, and they try to avoid these situations. I mean, if we think about it. There are ways to do that. Somebody makes a complaint, say, no, I, I appreciate it. I've been there before. Uh, I know how you feel. And then this is what I've found, that you know, this is how I dealt with the situation. So we should, we should be um, aware of it, that this is how to deal with, with devotees and everybody else, and try to, be, uh, try to develop ourselves to the point where we don't react like that. Okay, let's take a couple more. Questions or reflections? Yes, Prabhu. Uh, thank you so much for a very nice class. Uh, the question I have is, reading Srimad Bhagavatam, do you have any practical tips and guidance on how we can read as well as develop a taste for reading Srimad Bhagavatam? How to read and develop a taste for Srimad Bhagavatam. The main... A principle is exposure. The more we expose ourselves to the sound vibration of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the more we become purified. And that means that you have to be innovative. 
at different times, you may have different techniques for doing that. What, some of the ways that I do it is that well, uh, I stay studying the Bhagavatam. Right now I'm taking the Bhaktivedanta. I'm almost done, almost done with it. And how, how do I do it? I squeeze it in wherever I can. I constant, uh, I, I, because I'm studying for Bhaktivedanta, which right now I'm in this, uh, it's the sixth canto through the twelfth. And, um, you know, it gives me, uh, I have to study for all the tests. And I have to study to write the papers and things like that. So, you know, that keeps me in the game, keeps my head in the game. The other is that I read a certain number of pages every day. So that means I take uh, this vow that I'll complete this many pages every day. And to that end, I created for myself uh, uh, a system. I counted all the pages in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And then I realized that if I commit myself to a certain number of pages every day, that I'll be able to finish the Bhagavatam at a, at a predictable time. I can say when I'm going to finish the Bhagavatam because I know how many pages I'm reading a day. And then, because it became, I made a little um, spreadsheet that described how you can do that for every one of Prabhupada's books. And then I made it into an app. I didn't do it personally. It's, I don't do IT, but uh, now there's an app, and you can you can figure out how many pages do I have to read every day. Like eight pages a day, you'll finish the Bhagavatam in five years. You can you can say what date you'll finish it on. Then you can have a festival at your house. Say you just finish the Bhagavatam, and to be in process like that into every day, I got to do my pages. That keeps you on track. That really helps. And another uh, thing that I do that really helps me a lot is every kartik I take off. I don't do anything else. We go to Govardhan Hill. We have a room there. And uh, by Krishna's grace, I mean, it's not our room, but the, the Mahant there gives us a room. And we invite others who are interested in exclusively hearing Srimad Bhagavatam for five hours a day to come there and stay in the ashram. And that's our main thing. We just hear. So we have two and a half hours in the morning, two and a half hours at night. And we'll read it a canto, a full canto, or two cantos during that time, and it's just exclusive hearing and uh, dedicating. So a time during the day, a time during, the, during the, the year, you set aside some time and keep on track and keep exposed to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Then, of course, if you, have, uh, if you hear from speakers of the Bhagavatam that you especially appreciate the way they're presenting, and you can line those up on your smartphone obviously and just hear uh, you know while you're doing other things like this morning when I was getting ready uh, for the day I was listening to a couple of lectures I was listening to a proper lecture first thing in the morning and then I was listening to another god brother who goes into great length at uh, explaining what all the Sanskrit meanings are in, a, in particular verses and things like that so you can get lined up and then be on that track to always be hearing Srimad Bhagavatam in the car and so forth. So those are a few ideas. Well, the light went out. That means the class is over. So, yes, Prabhu? I have just a follow-up question on this. So personally, you know, I, I love hearing Srimad Bhagavatam classes. Uh, it's, it's, I, I just love hearing them. So when I mean, it comes to reading, because of my personal limitation, Oh, well, you know, according to your taste. Prophet once said, uh, devotional service is according to one's taste. And everyone has a different way of doing things. It's not stereotype. That's why I said the main principle is exposure. Whatever way you feel best getting exposure, just try to get more exposure. And you, you can... Um, you know how there's a, a little part of your uh, smartphone that tells you how much screen time you, you used every week? Yeah. You should have, we should make an app of how much Bhagavatam time we had. And you can measure it by percentage. You know, so whatever way you do it, if you heard a class, you can log it in. If you heard the, um, you know, you read something or whatever, you know, that goes into your composite. And at the end of the day, end of the week, it's like, like your Bhagavatam was up 13% this week. <laughs> no wonder I feel better, <laughs> right? And if you, uh, 
you know, you see it, you feel like, oh, I'm really depressed. And it's like, check your app. And it's like, I was down 20% last week. Bhagavatam solves all problems. Reading Prabhupada's purports isn't necessary to be sane. There's only insanity in the world nowadays. It's Kali Yuga. All, all the gloves are off. It's total ignorance, fighting ignorance everywhere. And unless you hear Prabhupada's purports every day, you'll go insane. I promise. So you have to have a diet of Bhagavatam hearing the verses and Prabhupada. Bhagavatam solves all problems. There are three major psychological... I'm not going to speak on this very long, but there are three major psychological barriers to our happiness in life. Raga, Baya, Kroda. It's mentioned by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. He says, Vita, Raga, Baya, Kroda, Manmaya, Mamupashrita, Bhavogyana, Tapasa, Putamad, Bhagava, Bhavam, Agataha. He says, Vita, you have to get rid of these three psychological barriers to your happiness. First one is Raga, over-attachment to the temporary world. It's called Asat Trishna. We're thirsty for things that are here today, gone tomorrow. It's irrational and it's causing you trouble. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Yehi samsparjaja bhoga dhukayonaya He says intelligent people don't do this because they know it's the source of misery. You invest here and he said. Duha Yonaya, there's a womb, and then from that womb comes out a little child called Duki. It's like, here, I'm here to cause you misery. Where else can I cause you misery in part of your life? You don't need that. So that's the first barrier. Second barrier, Baya. Baya means a fear of your personal existence. I won't go into detail. It's for another class. And the third one is Kroda, or anger, because you're so confused by all the conflicting views. Even within uh, our small community of ISKCON, worldwide community, you can hear so many conflicting views about the philosophy, and then it, you become a little disturbed and maybe even angry, like maybe nobody knows anything. because, Or maybe these people know, these people don't know, and then you go to those people and you say, they don't know either. And the, the way to rectify that is to hear Prabhupada's purports. Because everything's perfectly... Explain there, and the Bhagavatam, the Bhagavatam uh, takes us through all these psychological conditions that are the cause of our consternation, and it disposes of them in a Krishna conscious way. So when you read Bhagavatam, you have this experience that uh, I'm being um, relieved of these three major categories of psychological, these three major psychological barriers to my progress and happiness. So unless you read Prabhupada's books every day, you can expect to feel anxiety, to be angry, and to be attached inordinately and, and in a, a very um, absurd way to the material world. And uh, I could say, I met Prabhupada in 1973 in his room across the street from the San Francisco temple with a friend of mine, Kesha Bharti Maharaj, and a couple other devotees. And the temple president introduced us as book distributors and told what our scores were. Prophet, of course, listened, but then he said very pointedly to us, you must also read my books. I've not written them just for selling. I've written them for you to read, become pure devotees, and go back to Godhead. And it went like a thunderbolt into my heart. And I realized, even during the busiest times, I saw many parties competing against each other. And so they said, we don't have time to read. We got to make our quota. And I already knew Prabhupada wanted us to take time in our day, every day, to read from his books. And the reason is that if you don't, you'll go insane. <laughs> That's a good motivation, right? Dear Srila Prabhupada, Dear Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Sri Panchatabha, Sri Sri Radha Manan Mohan, Sri Sri Radha Gokulananda, Sri Sri Radha Kunja Bihari. If you so desire, please let everyone travel safely today on their way to Dallas, Texas, and the Sada Sangha. Please let us take advantage of Sada Sangha wherever we are. 
And please let us always read Prabhupada's books every day so we don't go insane. Thank you for considering our request, Om Tat Sat. Everyone agrees with this prayer in whole or in part. Please unmute and say Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 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 Now we have Jaya's first letters ceremony. So we're going to need uh, somebody who can sing a melodious. Thank you.